Shema Yisrael. Welcome to the broadcast outreach of Living God Ministries with Aaron Budgen. Aaron discovered Jesus is his Messiah while preparing to be a rabbi. He now teaches for several organizations and is the teaching pastor for Living God Ministries. Strongly distinguishing between the Old and New Covenants, Aaron presents the scriptures from a Judaic and historical frame of reference. Join Aaron now as he reveals the reality foreshadowed and the new life we can now experience because of what the Lord Jesus accomplished for us. One of the great obstacles that the early church experienced was trying to determine how to live the Christian life. To be a Christian means what? I mean, what does that really mean? What does that mean to an individual How do they make their decisions in their daily life? How do they live in their daily life? What are they going to do? What are they not going to do? What does that really mean anymore? What does it really mean to be a believer in Christ Jesus? This was a very important question back then, and there were some serious disagreements concerning the answers that people were coming up concerning this question. And today we have the same challenges, the same issues, People are wondering, what is the Christian life, and how do I live the Christian life, and what does it mean to live the Christian life? To say that Christ Jesus lives in and through us, what does that mean? What is that going to look like? How will we know if that's even happening? These were the kinds of obstacles, the kinds of struggles that the early church faced, and we still have those same obstacles and struggles today, and I believe that we will continue to have them into the future. In many ways, it's important to have these struggles because it provides us with a lot of opportunities to really appreciate the new life in Christ Jesus when we finally do discover what it is, what it means, and definitely what it is not. When the Apostle Paul went to Jerusalem to talk with the people of reputation, to speak with the apostles and the elders in the church in Jerusalem about people who were coming from their congregation and disturbing the congregations of Gentiles, disturbing them by telling them that they needed to live in obedience to the law of Moses, that they needed to change their way of life to be a reflection of their pursuit of the Mosaic law, of the law that God gave through Moses. When people were coming from the congregation in Jerusalem to interfere with the discipleship that the Apostle Paul was conducting, he went to the congregation in Jerusalem, and he spoke with them about this. And he got them to agree to leave the Gentiles alone, but unfortunately, they did not agree to leave the Jews alone. This remained an open issue. And because it was an unresolved open issue, it was a source of additional conflict. And in Galatians chapter 2, the Apostle Paul talks about some additional conflict that was experienced because... This question of, does a Jew have to be circumcised and live in obedience to the commandments of Moses? This question was still answered by the congregation in Jerusalem as, yes, absolutely. So if you were a Jew and you believed that Jesus was the Messiah, according to the congregation in Jerusalem, the apostles, the elders there, they would say that if you are a Gentile, don't bother with it, but if you are a Jew... You do. Now, let's consider this for just a moment. If you are a Jew who believes in Jesus, how are you going to live your life? I mean, what are you really going to do with your life? What is it going to look like? 
Well, let's start with something very simple, and that has to do with food. At some point, you are going to have to eat something. You're going to get hungry. You're going to have to eat something, or you're going to get even hungrier, right? And so, let's assume that a person is going to eat three times a day. I mean, if that is how often a person eats, then eating food and how you eat your food and what food you eat. Is going to be a serious issue. It's going to be a real serious issue in your life. It is going to be a significant part of your life. If you consider perhaps that a person might spend an hour per meal, then you're looking at three hours out of every day is going to be defined by what? By the dietary laws, the dietary laws that were given by God. Through Moses. Now, of course, I have a lot to say about the dietary laws, and I'm definitely not going to talk about the dietary laws in this program. I have other programs that I have recorded on the dietary laws. Please listen to those programs; they are very important. The subject of the dietary laws is a very important subject. In this program, I'm talking about Galatians chapter two, between verses fourteen and sixteen, mainly, and in verses fourteen through sixteen, we have a conflict. We have a very serious conflict. I'm actually going to begin in verse 11. This is Galatians chapter 2, verse 11, where it says, "Now when Peter had come to Antioch, I withstood him to his face because he was to be blamed. For before certain men came from James, he would eat with the Gentiles. But when they came, he withdrew and separated himself, fearing those who were of the circumcision." And the rest of the Jews also played the hypocrite with him, so that even Barnabas was carried away with their hypocrisy. But when I saw that they were not straightforward about the truth of the gospel, I said to Peter before them all, "If you, being a Jew, live in the manner of Gentiles and not as the Jews, why do you compel Gentiles to live as Jews?" Well, the point is, is that the Jews got together in the congregation here in Antioch. And some of them had the position or had the belief that they were supposed to live according to the dietary laws, and so they separated themselves from the Gentiles to ensure that whatever they did, they conformed to the requirements that were given through Moses. Why would they do this? It's very simple because they believed that if they did not do this, then they would be sinning against God. They would sin. Against God for their disobedience to the dietary laws, and He would hold their sins against them in some way. In some way, He would hold their sins against them, and so they had better take this time out of their day to eat, but to ensure that they ate according to the law of Moses. And the other Jews who were around them, they felt compelled to do that as well. So they separated themselves from the Gentiles. Peter did, Barnabas did, with the intent and purpose of living according to the Mosaic law, so that they could say, "We are not sinning. We are not sinning. We are going to do it this way. We are going to eat this food with these utensils on this table with this chair." We are going to conform ourselves to the law of Moses because if we don't. Then God is not going to look on us favorably. He's not going to look at us in the way that we want Him to see us. So, what are the Gentiles going to think who are in the same area there, in the same vicinity? What are they going to think when they see this happen? 
they are going to have to think, my goodness, if Peter did this and Barnabas did this, and they are suggesting that this is important because if they don't do this, then God is going to hold it against them, then perhaps we better do it too. Otherwise, God may hold our sins against us as well. So this becomes the Christian life for people. It becomes a life of living in obedience to the commandments of God that were given through Moses because of the concern or the fear of God holding your sins against you, not looking upon you favorably. Your justification, your righteousness now depends on what you do or on what you don't do, not on what he has done on your behalf. You are not justified by trusting in what he has done through his forgiveness. You are now justified through what you eat and through what you don't eat. You don't need his forgiveness anymore, do you? Oh, no. All you need to do is learn the ways of the Pharisees because they had this one down. They knew exactly what to do when it came to living according to the dietary laws. So this is what happened. And in this way, Peter compelled the Gentiles, to live like a Jew. Now, the solution is not to figure out how to get a Jew to live like a Gentile any more than it is to try to figure out how to get a Gentile to live like a Jew. That's not the issue. Both the Jew and the Gentile need to abandon their entire way of life, their entire way of thinking. They both must abandon it all in order to embrace the new life in Christ Jesus. The Gentiles have to abandon their way of life of not considering the living God at all, and the Jews must abandon their way of life of totally being preoccupied with the things of God as were defined by the Mosaic Law so that they can become totally preoccupied with the things of the Messiah according to the New Covenant because of the forgiveness that we now have. So both the Jew and the Gentile need to turn away from being a Jew or Gentile respectively and become the new creation, the new creation in Christ Jesus. And this way of life is, of course, another subject. I'm not talking about that right now. I'm only talking about it in the context of it is on the other side of a door. And if you are a Jew or a Gentile, you're on the wrong side of the door. The door is opened through the forgiveness of sins that the Messiah has provided, and you must walk through that door. Both the Jew must go and the Gentile must go to the other side. And unfortunately, for many people, he is not going to allow you to see what the new life is on the other side. In many ways, he's not going to let you see that until after you're already there. Not before. He is not going to let you have a peek and then decide if it meets your approval or not, if you think it's a good idea, or not, if you think it's going to work, or not, you're going to have to step out on faith and trust him, trust the truth that he has revealed to you, and he will then reveal more to you, and you can respond to that truth that he reveals to you, and then you can grow in your knowledge and understanding of the living God and the new covenant from there. Faith is your response to the truth that is revealed to you. He will reveal a little bit to you, and if you do not respond to what he reveals to you, then do you really expect him to reveal more? I mean, if you're not going to embrace what he does show you and really respond to that, 
Let your life be a reflection of what he does reveal to you. If you're not going to do that, then why should he share anything else with you? For what reason? Under what conditions? I mean, who are you to expect anything more of him? He wants you to walk by faith. He wants you to walk by trusting him. He does not want you to walk by approving your approval of what he does, of how he does it, of what he says and what it implies. He wants you to walk trusting in his approval, not in yours. So Peter was compelling the Gentiles to live like Jews. In verse 15, Paul says, We who are Jews by nature and not sinners of the Gentiles. You know, you have to be careful with this because it's very easy to assume that he's saying, look, we're Jews and we're not sinners. And those Gentiles, well, they're Gentiles and they're sinners and we're not like them. Now, it can be very easy to take that kind of a position. And sometimes when Jews talk with each other, sometimes we do have a little bit of an attitude with each other that we will say things like, yeah, we're the Jews, we're the chosen people, we're mishpacha, and these other people are not, and we have a special bond with each other. And in some ways, I understand that, and I can appreciate that, but sometimes we can esteem some pride that should not be there. It should not be there at all. That is true, but I don't think that that's what Paul was intending to say. I believe that he was intending to say, we are Jews and we are sinners. They are Gentiles and they are sinners. And we may be Jews who might find ways of not sinning as much as the Gentiles, but it still doesn't matter. It doesn't matter because that is no longer the issue. We no longer evaluate ourselves by how much of a sinner we are, whether we are a Jew who is kind of obedient to the law or a Gentile who is not, or maybe they are even more so. Yes, it is true that the Jew is a sinner and the Gentile is a sinner. When a Jew is trying to live in devotion to the Mosaic law, there may be the appearance that they are not as much of a sinner as the Gentile and may then compel the Gentile to become, what, a Pharisee, just like the Jews are, according to their way of life. I believe that that's what he's referring to in verse 15. We who are Jews by nature and not sinners of the Gentiles, we may have something going for us, but even so, in verse 16, knowing that a man is justified not by the works of the law, but by faith in Jesus Christ, I believe when he introduces that right after verse 15 into verse 16, what he is saying is, is that regardless of what we think we may be able to accomplish through our sincerity, through our conviction, through our devotion, regardless of any of that, justification is still by faith and not by the works of the law. Now, in verse 16, he says again, knowing that a man is not justified by the works of the law, but by faith in Jesus Christ, even we have believed in Christ Jesus, that we might be justified by faith in Christ and not by the works of the law, for by the works of the law no flesh shall be justified. The reason why he says that, as it relates to verse 15, is to say even we, even though we are not sinners like the Gentiles, we still must depend on justification by faith and not by works. And so for you to pursue this and for you to cause this disruption in this way, 
is not only useless, but it in and of itself is a form of sin. Trying not to sin according to the definition of the dietary laws now becomes a form of sin because you are depending on your works. You are not depending on the truth that you have already been forgiven. He does not hold your sins against you. You are justified only by faith and trust in what he has done. And if you will not embrace that and believe that, if you won't do that, then you are sinning more. You are sinning more than the Gentile who violates the laws directly. I believe that that is what he is communicating here. Now, folks, I'm not saying this in order to encourage you to eat things that are not good for you. That's that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the issue of justification, of faith, of belief, of trust, of the new life versus the old life. That's what I'm talking about. If you want to deal with the question of should we be eating some things and not eat other things, if you want to deal with that question, I did another teaching on that on the dietary laws explicitly. And so please listen to those programs. But in this program, what I want you to consider instead is are we really going to live according to the truth that has been revealed to us? What would it look like? What would it look like in this situation to live according to the truth that he revealed to us. This is what it would look like. You would sit with whoever. You would eat whatever without any concern with regards to how God may see you or how he may not see you. You would be there in the fellowship of believers and you would be with them and you would have no concern with regards to whether the chair was defiled or the utensils were defiled or whether the food was clean or unclean. No regards to that whatsoever, because the priority is the fellowship of the brethren. That's what you're there for. Listen, if you violate the dietary laws, the penalty is simple. You're unclean until evening. That's it. Just eat whatever, sit whatever, use whatever utensils, and make sure you don't go back to Jerusalem until after the sun goes down. And you're perfectly righteous according to the laws that God gave through Moses. He won't hold anything against you because you will have conformed to the law as it is written. That's the worst case scenario. The absolute worst case. But that's not what this is about. This is about are we really going to live with each other? Are we really going to be a new creation with each other? Or are we going to be looking at each other wondering, are you sinning or are you not sinning? Is that on your plate in the list of clean foods or unclean foods? Was this fork used for milk products and meat products as well? Was this container used in order to cook pork chops? I mean, what are you thinking about? This is what people are thinking about. Instead, we should be thinking about other things. How about the fact that we are now one in Christ Jesus? Can we think about that? Can we talk about that? Can we experience fellowship with one another? How about the love of God and the acceptance of God? Can we talk about that? Not a chance. How can that possibly come up? How can that be described or understood when a person is preoccupied with things like the dietary laws? How can you consider such things? You can't because God will reject you until you're obedient. And if you are not obedient, then he's going to curse you. So you're in this fellowship with other people, exposed to them, talking with them, being close to them, knowing full well that God is going to curse you and you're trying to tell them that God loves you. Are you kidding me? There's a total contradiction there. And so at some point, 
You have to decide. Now, when Paul says in verse 16 that you are justified by faith and not by the works of the law, there's some history to this. There's some serious history to this because the people who he said this to did not believe that. They did not believe that. So when he said this, he drew a line. He drew a line in the room by saying, all right, this is it. Those of you who believe that you are justified by faith and faith alone over here, and those of you who believe that you are justified by the works of the law, then you go over there. And it just so happens that that line is at the door. You are on the other side of the door. You are out of the room. That kind of a statement. That's what he did in Antioch. Now, why would I say that this statement would be looked at in that way, that this would cause such a division, that this would cause such confusion? Well, we have the letter that James wrote as an example. Consider James chapter 1, verse 24, where he said, You see then that a man is justified by works and not by faith only. Now, I understand that there are a lot of different ways of interpreting this, and in this program, I'm going to interpret this in the way that I just described, that the people from James believed that you were justified by the works and not by faith only, and the people who Paul was discipling believed that they are justified by faith and faith only and not by works. Again, in Galatians chapter 2, verse 16, it says, knowing that a man is not justified by the works of the law, but by faith in Jesus Christ, even we have believed in Christ Jesus that we might be justified by faith in Christ and not by the works of the law. For by the works of the law, no flesh shall be justified. For him to say this and for it to be recorded right here is to me an opportunity to see the division that existed within the church. And this division exists today. It exists today. There are many people who will have a preference for what James wrote in James chapter 2, verse 24, rather than having a preference for what Paul wrote in Galatians chapter 2, verse 16. There are people who will have a preference. And even though there are all kinds of theological gymnastics that people can go through in order to try to reconcile these two verses and make them sound like they're saying the same thing. This is the bottom line. The bottom line is how are you really going to live? Do you live your daily life believing that God holds your sins against you? And this is reflected in your life that you are constantly trying to find ways, or maybe not constantly, maybe just every once in a while, you're trying to find ways in order to improve your status with God. You're just working on that sin. You're trying to change yourself. You're trying to get your flesh under control. Is that what your life looks like? Or does it look like this? Does it look like you live your daily life being thankful for what he has done for you? Being thankful for what he has given to you? See, if you believe that he holds your sins against you, you can't really be thankful for what he's done for you. You can be thankful in a small way, but certainly not to the extent that you could otherwise if you recognize that what he did for you was to completely resolve the sin issue so it's no longer an issue. 
If you believe it still is, then you are not living your life according to what he did. You're living your life according to what he maybe kind of did or almost did or partially did. You know, he died for some of your sins, but not all of them. Or he forgives you in one way, but he doesn't forgive you in another way. He looks at you and accepts you in one way, but he looks at you and rejects you in another. That's what I mean, is that you must decide what you really are going to believe. You have to choose. You have to take a position. If you are going to experience the freedom of the new life in Christ, a life of thankfulness, a life of peace, a life of rest, a life of anticipation of what he's going to do within you next, knowing full well that there's a lot to do. If you're going to live your daily life in that way, then you have to embrace, you must embrace, justification by faith only and not by works. There is no other way. But people do not believe this. They don't really believe this. How do I know? How can I say that? Have you ever heard anybody speak to you in the context of, now brother or sister, let's evaluate you. Let's examine you. Let me see if you have some good fruit in your life. I'm going to do a fruit inspection here and examine you. You should examine yourself. You should examine to see if you're in the faith. And the way that we are going to be able to determine this is if we see the acceptable fruit that we anticipate, we should see. That is an individual that is trying to esteem justification by works, not by faith. Now, I did a complete study on this disagreement that I believe existed between James and Paul. The study is titled, Faith Only or Faith and Works. And I would definitely like to encourage you to listen to those programs that I did on this subject. I talk about it in detail. But regardless of whether there was a conflict between James and Paul, there was still a conflict there in Antioch between Paul and Peter and Barnabas and others who came from James, others who came from Jerusalem. I believe that this is the fundamental conflict that existed in the church. Paul deals with it right here, and he says that it's all about justification. Are we going to be justified because of how we eat or what we eat? Are we going to be justified by our works, or are we going to be justified by what Jesus has already done for us? You must decide. And I will continue in the next broadcast. You have been listening to the broadcast outreach of Living God Ministries. You can hear all of our programs for free through our radio archive at livinggodministries.net. That is, livinggodministries.net. Do help us develop new radio programs and continue broadcasting on this and other radio stations. Send your contributions to Living God Ministries, P.O. Box 383-53, Colorado Springs, Colorado. 80937 or use the donation link on our website livinggodministries.net that is livinggodministries.net Thank you,